0: Death Takes a Lover, a D.S. Billings mystery.
1: Oh, it's Dean, Mr. Billings. What does that thing that's doing? Creeping up on people like that.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you.
1: They are too late for breakfast.
2: I don't want any. Should
1: have got up on time if thou wanted to eat. We're not like your lazy London folk. We're early risers here. Work long days.
2: I don't want any breakfast. I just want to interview you.
1: Interview me? Yes. Well, I've got no time for interviews, maester. I'm too busy.
2: I'm afraid I must insist. Will you sit down, please, Mrs Pringle? What for? So that I may interview you properly.
1: What does thou want to interview me for?
2: I just want to ask you a few questions about Grace. Why? You spent a lot of time with her. I'd like you to tell me more about her.
1: What's that old fart been saying?
2: Old fart?
1: Wilcox. What's he been saying about me? Nothing. Has he been painting me black? no. Has he been telling thee how I didn't get on with Gracie? No. Because he's a twisted old liar, is Wilcox. That shouldn't believe a word he says.
2: He didn't say anything about you. Come and sit down at the table, Mrs Pringle.
1: What did that little tease have to say for us then? Pardon? The little madam who were in that room this a while.
2: You mean Miss Whitfield? Miss
1: Whitfield? My ass. Bella is good enough for the likes of her. She's nought better than thee and me. I know her family. They're nought but ordinary folk who live in a cottage in Grosmont that think she'd be happy being adopted by Mrs Thornton, wonder. But no, all she does is mope about the house with a face like a slapped ass. So, what did she say to you? The little tease... Been mourning the death of Master Roger, has she? Crocodile, tears in her eyes, were they?
2: What she said was confidential.
1: I bet she's happy he's dead. Felt her superior to him, she did. Her father's naught, but a common carpenter, and she felt her superior to Master Roger. There's a rumour going round that Mrs. Thornton is going to make Bella her heiress. Tha didn't know that, did that?
2: No, I didn't.
1: Well, I'm one up on thee, then. Tell me
2: about Gracie.
1: What does thou want to know about yon?
2: What was she like?
1: She were lazy. That's what she were. She were a lazy cow. And I can't abide lazy people. I may have lost me temper with Gracie many times, but I never laid a finger on her. I never did that. I'm a foul mouthed, bitter old besom, Detective Sergeant Billings. I'll admit it, but I'm a hard worker. From the age of five, I was out on s'mores, helping my father with the cows. Haven't stopped working since. And every penny I earn, I put in a jar. And when my son comes to visit me once a year, I give it to him. He's in Edinburgh, is my Gabriel. Studying to be a doctor. Thou didn't know that, did thou? I? I have a son who's going to be a doctor. Me, who can only read the letters of my own name. I have a son in Edinburgh, studying to be a doctor. <laughs> oh, but, but that wants me to talk about Gracie, don't they? Well, Gracie's duties were dusting tows, cleaning and lighting fires and doing laundry. To a lot, I'm not saying it weren't. Tis a big house, this. But previous maids have managed it before her. Gracie, though, needed help with everything. Wilcox was forever dusting after her. I swear, sometimes you'd think she were blind the amount of dust she'd leave untouched. Eventually, he were forced to take over the lighting of the fires because she always made such a mess of the fireplaces and she'd end up smoking the whole room. One day, she even set the curtains alight. That woman were a liability, I'll tell thee. She could have killed us all. What on earth possessed Mrs Thornton to employ her is beyond me. But anyway, it had fallen on me to help her out with the laundry. Now... I'm a busy woman, Detective Sergeant. There might only have been six people to feed in the house at the time, but were a lot of work and I really didn't have time to waste on laundry. And Gracie was so painfully slow, it really brought out the devil in me. Them sheets needed to be scrubbed and rinsed and hanging on the line by nine o'clock in winter, if they wants them to be dry by evening. But come ten o'clock, she'd still be out there loitering in yard with a laundry basket in her arms, daydreaming and mumbling to her son. This <laughs> is no. <laughs> What's that doing now, woman? Always mumbling and giggling to thyself like a lunatic. Them sheets need to be dry and folded by sundown. Mm, 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 mm. What was that? Nothing. Thou hast better not be cursing me, Gracie Brickenborough. I wasn't cursing thee. I was talking to God. Talking to God, eh? And what's that talking to God about? Oh, I was telling him about my new life in the big house and I told him about thee. I told him that that mean to me. Mean to thee, am I? And what did God say about that? He said that that you should stop shouting and amusing me and that you should show more respect. And why should I respect an old hag like thee? Because I'd be of noble birth. My father be a lord, or a duke or something like that. What's that talking about, the half-wit? I know that father. That father were Tom Brickenborough, who got kicked in Pollocks by a horse. That's how that ended up, the way that. Oh, that weren't my real father. Me real father were a noble young gentleman, with a lovely, friendly face, like Master Rogers. And where's he now, then? This noble young gentleman... Left the country to become King of Paris. King of Paris, indeed. That lives in cloud cuckoo land, that does. That should stop daydreaming and do the work Mrs Thornton is paying thee to do. And when that done with them sheets, I'll show thee something about, Master Roger. I'll show thee just what kind of noble young gentleman he is. What did you mean by that? By what?
2: I'll show thee just what kind of noble young gentleman he is.
1: Oh, thou wants to hear about that, dost thou? All right, I'll tell thee. Gracie was besotted with Master Roger, seeing I knew things about him that she didn't. Now, I have a mean streak in me a mile wide. So, one evening after supper... Knowing that Wilcox had retired into his parlour with Master Roger, I took her into the corridor, stood outside his room, and peeped through the keyhole. (laughs) Oh, it were a funny sight, it were. We saw everything, absolutely everything. What did you see? Oh, I can't tell thee that. No, I can't. You have to. Hasn't no bearing on the matter? I'll
2: be the judge of that.
1: I can't tell thee, Mr Billings. No, indeed, I can't.
2: Well, I insist that you do. What did you see?
1: That really wants to know, does that? Yes. Very well, then. I'll tell thee. But don't let Wilcox know. Master Roger had been ill for some days then and he weren't one to be ill. He were an active lad normally and couldn't bear being incapacitated. Mrs Thornton were no good nursing illness and Bella had no patience for him when he was weak. So Master Roger would come down to our servants for sympathy. Wilcox was like a father to him. See, a father, a friend a a nursemaid and much more (laughs) so there we were Gracie and I out in the corridor peeping through the keyhole when we could see Master Roger pacing restlessly by the fire Wilcox was with him trying to calm him down by putting his hand on Master Roger's shoulder and rubbing his back. But the master shook him off and continued pacing. Oh, Leave me alone, Wilcox. But
2: you must rest, Master Roger. I can't lie down any longer. My whole body is aching. If I lie on my back, my head hurts. And if I lie on my side, my ribs hurt. I don't know which way to turn. I can't walk around either. Too weak for that, well, Cox. This damned illness. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, perhaps I, uh, perhaps I could do something to relieve your agitation. What do you mean? Well, you know, we've done it before. Oh no, Wellcox, your face is too rough. Uh, you smell of tobacco. It's too hard for me to pretend. It will make you feel better. I assure you. Very well, then. But use the scarf. The the scarf? Miss Whitfield's scarf. I have it here. What shall I do with it? Put it on your head.
0: I don't want to smell you. I want to smell her. I see. How do I look? (laughs)
2: You look ridiculous. You're making fun of me. No. No, don't, don't take it off. I'll unbutton my own trousers this time. You get down on your knees. Try not to breathe so loudly. It's most distracting.
1: And be quick about it. I want to get some sleep.
2: Now, do be careful with your teeth.
1: The dirty old devil. (laughs) I bet they never expected that, did that, Detective Sergeant Billings? (laughs) <laughs> oh, good old Mr Wilcox, <laughs> the respectable butler. <laughs>
2: Why are you telling me this scurrilous story?
1: <laughs> That's gone all red, that <laughs> Is this true? Aye, it is. That's what they were up to whenever Master Roger went to Wilcox's parlour. And what dost thou think Gracie did when she saw all this happening there? What does that think she did? That old spinster. That thinks she'd be shocked, wouldn't that? That thinks she'd run away in horror. But she didn't. She stayed there watching, transfixed. Completely transfixed.
2: Thank you, Mrs. Pringle. You've been very helpful.
1: What? We've finished, have we?
2: I don't want to distract you from your chores any longer. But
1: I've not done yet. I've more to say.
2: I have a headache. I need to take a break.
1: It's because thou hasn't had any breakfast.
2: I need some fresh air. Thou
1: hasn't eaten out since I bought thee that gruel yesterday.
2: I need to go out for a stroll.
1: I could walk to the old stable. What? The old stable, that stream. That's where they found Master Roger. Tis a nice walk.
2: Uh, No, thank you. I think I will go to my room. Ah, there you are. I was looking for you, Mr. Billings. And Mrs. Thornton wants to know whether you shall be leaving this afternoon, as planned. Uh, planned? Well, you were to be here a couple of days, you said. I won't be leaving until my inquiries are complete. And when will that be? He was Pardon my questioning you, but Mrs. Thornton is very ill and is eager for peace in the household. Well, then, you can tell your mistress that the sooner she agrees to be interviewed, the sooner I will be able to leave. I am certainly not departing without speaking to her. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must go to my room. I am not well.
0: In Death Takes a Lover, the parts were played as follows. Billings, David Alt. Doctor and Yardley, Ivan Wilkinson. Wilcox, Andrew Biss. Bella and Matron, Catherine Siggers. Mrs. Thornton, Sharon Grunwald. Gracie, Tanya Rich. Martha and Nurse, Frances Brody Oldridge. Roger, Sean Mendham. Audio Mystery Theatre is free to listen to, but not free to make. If you want to show your appreciation, why not become a patron, or simply buy us a virtual cup of coffee? The money will go towards the next Audio Mystery Theatre production. You can find the links to my coffee and Patreon account in the show notes.